Open Science Talk, the podcast about open science. My name is Per Pifinaspos, and today my guest is online Janine Beisterbosch from uh, the uh, Washington University in St. Louis, where she is an assistant professor of radiology. Um, Janine, you have some experience in the field of uh, open science. Uh, would you mind uh, bringing that up to our listeners? Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here and, and to be talking to you today. Um, yes, open science is closely aligned with my values as an academic. Um, I am currently the outgoing um, chair of the Open Science Special Interest Group, or OSSIG, um, as part of the Organization for Human Brain Mapping, or OHBM, uh, which is one of the biggest um, organizations in my field, scientific organizations in my field. Yeah, and the reason why we invited you here is that you're part of the editorial group of something which is now just starting. It's actually a, a journal that hasn't been put online yet, but you are already accepting manuscripts, and it's called Imaging Neuroscience. It has one editor-in-chief, 11 senior editors, 30 handling editors, one of which is you, and then uh, a number of editorial board members as well. So it's a big enterprise. And this didn't start from scratch, did it? Uh, what is the background of imaging neuroscience? That's right. Uh, we were all an editorial board at a former journal that actually does still exist, um, which is called NeuroImage. And unfortunately, I mean, we all heavily invested many of us for years and years in neuroimage and we all valued neuroimage as a as an outlet for some of our own best work and and some of the best work in the field um but unfortunately we ended up making the decision to resign uh on mass as the entire editorial group and start our own new journal uh which is called imaging neuroscience yeah this uh, neuroimage um used to publish about a thousand period articles per year with a journal impact factor of more than seven, I think it's 7.4 in the latest year, published by Elsevier. And in April of 2023, Elsevier put out a statement saying that it is with regret that we must inform that uh, inform you that effective the 17th of April 2023, the current editors of NeuroImage will no longer be responsible for handling new submissions to the journal. We are very disappointed. And so on, they go on, unquote. And then, quote again, in line with our policy of setting our article publishing charges competitively below the market average relative to quality, the fee that has been set for fully open access neuroimage is below that of the nearest comparable journal in its field, unquote. So this is what Elsevier claims, that they actually have competitive article processing charges. That is the fee that authors need to pay in order to publish in gold open access with them. But this fee is actually $3,450. Any comments? <laughs> yes. Um, our stance as an editorial board was that this fee was unethical and unsustainable. 
um, the estimate of the cost for actually publishing an individual article is around about a thousand dollars. And so there is a fairly substantial amount of profit that is made for each um, uh, for each article that gets published. So we have been in discussions with Elsevier for at least a year before making this move, um, trying to get them to reduce this uh, this publishing fee to something that was a little bit more in line with the cost and in our mind a little bit more ethical and sustainable. There are, the whole field I think is changing and is becoming more aware of the, of these publishing fees and the amount of it that goes into profits. And these fees get paid in most cases from grants. And so this is public money, um, this is taxpayers money that gets used for paying these publishing um, costs and publishing fees. And so, having such a large amount of it go to the the profit of a company like Elsevier was just something that we found was um, not in line with our value, values as researchers and probably not sustainable given that there's more and more pushback in the field towards this, this, um, this for-profit model of publishing. Yeah, because imaging neuroscience, that is your new journal, is supposed to be non-profit or it is non-profit and it's published still by MIT Press which is one of the the large presses of the US. Um, Do you know anything about MIT Press and their motivation to to host such a non-profit journal? So what I know about them is that they're so they're a university um, press um, host, hosted by MIT, so all of their—it's not just our journal that will be not for profit. Their whole um, publishing model is not for profit. Um, so all of the other journals that they host as well, even though it is also, as you say, a relatively large publishing house, um, it just has a different model, cost model. That is, all of it is um, not for profit, um, and that was just more closely aligned with what we wanted for our new journal um, is to have the the author cost be well aligned with the cost of actually running the journal. And we had heard from colleagues in our field who run other um, journals at MIT that they had a good experience, that they had um, a lot of input in the setting the fees and making other decisions for the journal um, and that it was a a positive collaborative um, uh, um, work relationship with MIT. So we we heard a lot of positive views from colleagues, and that made us explore with them and, and end up going with them. Yeah, I mentioned three thousand four hundred fifty dollars for an APC with um, the former journal that you worked for, formerly uh, that is uh, at Elsevier. Whereas imaging neuroscience with MIT Press will cost one thousand six hundred dollars. Um, and you will also have the so-called waivers, that is, for for people from uh, low-income countries, they can actually ask to to publish there for free. So this is all non-profit, but what's in it for you? I mean, to to invest so much of your research, uh, precious research uh, hours, uh, reading uh, other people's work, trying to uh, to edit their papers. Um, do you get some sort of compensation for that, or is it all volunteer work? 
we get, as editors, we get a small amount of compensation. Um, at Imaging Neuroscience, we won't get anything to start because we want to get the journal up and running. So we won't get anything until a certain threshold is met in terms of the, the number of papers that we've published meeting the cost of running the journal. Um, at that point, I believe the agreement is that all of the editors, regardless of the seniority of editing, uh, of editorship will get $2,000 per year, I think, is what we were going to do. Um, and so that is um, a minor, you know, uh, uh, reward for doing the work um, that doesn't really uh, line up very well with the number of hours that we put into doing the work. Um, the reviewers actually that that do the reviews of the of the manuscripts don't get any reward. To me, it isn't really about the two thousand um, dollars. To me, it is just a service that you do as part of being an academic and being in the field. I expect, you know, when I publish a manuscript, I expect people to review it. I expect people to handle it um, and to edit it. Um, and I do that in return for other people's work. To me, it is just part of the, the service to the community as part of being an academic. Um, so no, none of our motivation is for the, for the money that we get for it. We all, we all want to create um, a journal that is a home for our research that people value, that people look for, look to for um, high quality research and that we can place our own high quality research. So I think we care much more about um, the journal as a, as a valued kind of home for the work that we're all doing. And that's what we're trying to build. And that's what we, that's what we love building at NeuroImage. We were sad to go from NeuroImage. We were sad, we were hopeful that, um, we could have conversations with Elsevier that would have led them to reduce their author processing fees, which I think we asked them to reduce it to $2,000, um, which was still a relatively large amount of, of, of profit. And, and it is actually larger, higher than what we have now at, um, at Imaging Neuroscience or what we will have at Imaging Neuroscience. So no, we're not in it for the money. We just wanna create a, a well-valued, um, outlet for the research of ourselves and others great um how about the connection between journals and journal articles and other kinds of scientific material that is also supposed to be online for free for everybody to to access uh, like um, open data i know you've worked a little bit with that before do you see some potential there for imaging neuroscience? How will you handle this this part of the open science umbrella, so to speak? Yes, I mean, as an open science advocate myself, I certainly feel like we should all be sharing our, our data and sharing our code um, and sharing our research products other than just the, the written papers. Um, so I absolutely agree with that. Um, data can be... I, I, so I think the field is more and more moving towards open everything. Um, the discussions that we've had at NeuroImage and that we're now continuing on to have at Imaging Neuroscience in our editorial board have been to move towards, as a, so at the moment we're just encouraging, we're requiring uh, statements about sharing 
but we're not yet requiring that people share either their code or their data. Um, I think in terms of the data sharing, it's moving into that direction, but there are some caveats still um, in terms of some um, um, forms that the uh, um, participants sign don't have the right wording to be completely publicly shared with everyone. And so there is a little bit of a, a kind of, there is other work that needs to be done before you can share data. Um, and so requiring data sharing fully at this point, I think it will move into that direction. I'm hoping that that's something that we can do in the future. I think we're not quite there yet in terms of fully demanding that. Um, however, we did in the last meetings agree towards uh, co-chairing and certainly co-chairing for papers that are relatively methodological in nature. If their contribution is the methodology, then that code that goes along with that should be shared and needs to be shared. And so I think um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to set stronger requirements for co-chairing to start with and then data sharing will sort of slowly happen after that. So this is certainly the direction that we're moving into. Yeah, other things to say about directions you're moving into. I mean, you're trying to sort of take the take the field with you to to imaging neuroscience that as the best journal uh, in 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 that particular field. But will you be handling? I mean, about a thousand articles per per year. Is is do you have some sort of uh, figure that you're aiming at, or will you just wait and see how how many submissions you get? Do you have a uh, do you have a, a goal there in terms of the growth of the journal? We are certainly hoping that imaging neuroscience will end up the equivalent or the new uh, neuroimage. And so far, I mean, we've we've seen very positive responses to our um, you know the. The, the, the tweet that announced our resignation was seen two million times and uh, retweeted many, many times and liked many, many times. And, and so, and, and we've had an outpouring of, of sort of support um, and a large number of reviewers and um, colleagues signing up for the editorial board and signing up for reviewing for the new journal. Um, we've already had a large number of submissions within the first month, not um, quite to the level that we had at NeuroImage, um, but that will take a little bit of time. One of the things about setting up a new journal is that it takes a few years to get an impact factor at all. Um, you have to have had a certain number of submissions and those submissions have had to be published and then um, those publications have had to be cited uh, in order for the, the system to be able to, for you to be able to apply for getting an impact factor. Um, so that will take a few years. And for some people, that is prohibitive, you know, for some people who are earlier on in their, and we understand that, you know, people who are earlier on in their career and have to make certain decisions that impact their own CV and their own chances of getting jobs, um, you know, they might have to, even though they are in agreement with our decision and want to support our journal, they might not be in a position to make that choice necessarily. And we understand that um, we're hoping and what we're seeing so far is that, we, that the community is very supportive and is coming along with us. But I think, and I'm personally hopeful and I would almost dare to say confident that we will 
be able to reach a similar level that we had in our image, um, but it will take a little bit of time and patience um, for sure. Um, it's common to talk about the world of scholarship, the academia in, in globally is, is this, has two different cultures. I mean, the humanities, social sciences on the one side and, and the so-called STEM disciplines that you represent on the other. Um, but within the humanities and social sciences, there has been uh, a growth of so-called diamond open access journals, not so much in the STEM disciplines yet. Diamond open access then implies that there is no fee for the reader and no fee for the author either. It's just some sort of general funding that backs the entire uh, the, the entire journal. Uh, would that be possible for imaging neuroscience? And if it was possible to get that kind of funding, would it be desirable for you as an editorial team? Yes, this is, so the, the journals I'm aware of um, in our realm broadly that are diamond open access are relatively small um, and perhaps not not always of the, the highest impact factor or the highest quality. Um, there are, so we are affiliated, there are some consortia that are community-led, so we are affiliated with the um, uh, the Register Report um, initiative, and so that means that they have, they do their own reviewing, and we are one of the journals that can be an outlet for Register Report that gets reviewed there, um, but people have the, have the option to just publish there and not publish at any journal uh, and that's for free if you publish there um, so I think there are some options in our field um, towards that at imaging so there are true costs associated with running a journal even if you don't do fancy typesetting you know just having a submission platform where authors can submit to and where we can assign reviewers and um, you know where the where the paper can get handled um, Many of those are commercial products that have costs associated with them. Um, and, and, you know, so there are a variety of different costs. And there is also, if we want to make it completely free for the lower and middle income country, then some of that cost has to be absorbed somewhere else. So that's why um, that explains where our fee is at the moment. We're hoping to reduce it further once the, once the journal is up and running and, uh, we've looked at the budget and we, we, we believe that in some years' time we might be able to reduce it further. Having a fully diamond open access model is not something that's feasible for us at the moment. Um, and I don't think it will ever be feasible for the format that we have at Imaging Neuroscience. Um, but there are movements in the field that are more kind of community-led consortia um, that are more aligned with that idea of, of diamond open open access. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to see where the field will be in, in 10 years time and 20 years time. We'll, we'll have to see how that how that plays out. But at the moment, we're just trying to keep it as low as possible um, while still having the, the infrastructure that we need um, for for supporting the publishing. Yeah. Um certainly excited to see where, where you will be in a couple of years from now. And I wish you luck with this uh, venture that you're, yeah, that you have joined to, uh, to have a 
non-profit uh, journal in uh, your field. Anything else you would like to add towards the very end of this podcast episode? Maybe one thing I'll, I'll add is that the, the journal publishing framework isn't it is its own field, and but it isn't um, separate from the other um, decision-making structures within academia. So I think, for example, there is a role for funders. If funders would put more pressure on um, publishing fees. Um, set by journals, whether they're for-profit or not-for-profit, then I think funders could have a lot of power in terms of um, changing that dynamic and changing the amount of money that goes into publishers. And then, of course, there's also incentive structures. You know, I talked about, um, and, and with that, I mean um, what people need on their CV in order to get positions and in order to get promotions. Uh, I talked about that a little bit when... Um, I talked when I answered your question about how many papers are we expecting and how, how much time will it will it take to get up to the same level that we were at Neuroimage. Um, and so I think in terms of having the broader conversation that I think you your podcast is amazing at, at hosting and, and having those conversations, I think beyond the publishing structure, we should also look at um, encouraging changes to the funding mechanism and the and the incentive mechanism to try and improve all of these um, all of these forces within the field uh, towards a more productive and more um, uh, sustainable system. Janine Besebos, thank you very much for coming to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Open Science Talk is produced by the University Library of UIT, the Arctic University of Norway. Thanks for listening.